Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Benedict Arnold. So grab your turncoat. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Wallentowski. And this is episode 201. <laughs> I it's I just can't believe it. Like now, now no. it's like 99 more episodes until we hit like another, another well no, I think it's milestone. I feel like 250 is a big milestone. That's true. Okay, so only 49 more episodes. Only 49. <laughs> By the, this time next year, we will hit 250. Woo, woo, another milestone. I know. But how can we possibly follow up our 200th episode, which if you haven't listened to it, it's super fun. It's on presidential fun facts. Oh my God. We learned a lot. And we talk about naked men. We really do, which is not something we do often on this podcast. No, no. We like very no. seldomly talk about naked men you know it's well yes because i don't typically enjoy them um but (laughs) also it's not a (laughs) i honestly could take them away them to be honest (laughs) (laughs) but but, you know it's not a thing that comes up in you know the articles of confederation or The Temperance Act right. or the Stamp Act. Right. You know, any It's of literally those. only if we're talking about Benjamin Franklin, who was a stallion in the sheets. Or stallion in the sheets. A hot assassin. Abraham? Oh, a hot assassin. Or Babraham. But I feel yes. like Babraham is only a babe with the clothes on. Uh, correct. I have to I say. Feel, I feel weird about objectifying Abraham Lincoln. He yeah. feels very like. Oh, oh, you feel weird about it, even though we call him Babraham Lincoln. <laughs> Well, only because it feels like, yes, a babe, a babe with the clothes on. But uh, there's something weird about Abraham Lincoln being like a sexual object. Sure. It just it doesn't, doesn't it just doesn't live in the same yeah. universe. Yeah. You Whereas like I mean? Ben Franklin. Very, very parallel. Oh, crisscross. Stallion in the sheets. Stallion in the sheets. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something pretty wild. And I didn't intend for this to be the segue, but here we are. I don't, I could not identify Benedict Arnold in a lineup of people, but I have a feeling that he's hot. I do. I have, I, same. 
Okay. Same and same. Yeah. I just, he's giving same me, and same. like, Benedict Arnold is a hot name. And I sure. think that being a traitor, like, not cool, but kind of hot. <laughs> kind of hot. He also seems like he's not my type of, like, he seems uh, uh, fairly aggressive in a way. Yeah. Where he, like, if he felt, when he felt slighted, he would get angry. So I feel like he's got a little bit of that, like, tough guy, bad mm, boy. Macho. Macho. I mean, his name is Benedict. Like, what's it called on TikTok? Um, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase. Uh, gray. It's like a gray. Oh, wrong girl. I don't do that. Oh my God. TikTok's ruining my life. I Shout know. out to TikTok. But it's like a gray, <laughs> a gray moral character is where like a, like Ooh. a hot guy is like, has really toxic traits, but ultimately like loves his gal and would die for her, would kill for her. It's like, okay, this is morally gray, <laughs> how you're behaving, oh. but you have washboard abs and billions <laughs> of dollars. So we're kind of like, okay. Plus, plus. <laughs> there's more There's more to you than meets the eye. That's how I feel about Benedict Maybe Arnold. it's a gray, a gray green moral character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing knowing very little about Benedict Arnold, this is how I feel. I feel like he's morally gray. I feel like oh. there's more to the story. I don't know what we're all coming to this conversation, like what prior knowledge we're bringing. Mm-hmm. All I can tell you is that I knew basically three things. One, he was a Revolutionary War traitor. Mm-hmm. Yep, same. Two, he not well liked because of the trading. Yes, of course. Yep, same. Um, and that's about it. I think it's just, just two, the two things. Yeah, that's all I knew. Yeah, that's all I knew. That's all I brought to this whole conversation. I don't even know how he traded. Like I don't know what he. No, did. I don't know. I just know that he traded. I don't know what he did to trade. Right. Right. We're gonna find out, aren't we? Mm-hmm, we are. Okay. Well, before we do, do you want to talk about today's sources? Yes, would love. We're bringing history.com to the table. Love. An article by Nathaniel Philbrick from Smithsonian Magazine. Nathaniel Philbrick also wrote a book about, like, George Washington and Benedict Arnold and the Revolutionary War. I'm not going to remember the name off the top of my head, but this article from Smithsonian Magazine, I think, is in part, like, based on this book or from this book. Or Love it. So there's that plug for his book. We don't know him, but seemed like a good, good piece of writing. And the National Park Service. Oh. I I love I love the National Park Service. Like on on Benedict Arnold, they're doing they're going above and beyond the Call of Duty. Above and beyond. Benedict Arnold is not a park, and yet here we are. Here we are, including them. Including them. I love it. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's get down to it. Overview: Benedict Arnold. Let's talk about it. So. Benedict Arnold was an early hero of the Revolutionary War who later became one of the most infamous traitors in U.S. history. I kind of would say the traitor in U.S. history. The traitor. But also a new piece of information did not know he was an early hero. Oh. I, I I guess I didn't know he was an early hero, but I knew that he was like somewhat prominent in... Like that's why his betrayal was was so much was because like he had like information and the only way to have information is if you are somebody that's true that's true okay yeah 
At the outbreak of the war, Arnold participated in the capture of the British garrison of Fort... What? Ticonderoga. Ticonderoga? Did you just know how to say that? Ticonderoga, yeah. Okay. It's like like Ponderosa, but Ticonderoga. Ticonderoga. Okay, great. I got it. I got it. I got it. Here we go. (laughs) At the outbreak of the war... not at all like Ponderosa. Oh, my God. (laughs) At the outbreak of the war... Uh Oh my god, are you not going to let me say this sentence? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I almost want to keep this in because you're out of control. You should. You should keep it in. It's so funny. Okay, okay. Here we go. (laughs) At the outbreak of the war, Arnold participated in the capture of the British garrison of Fort Ticonderoga in 1775. In 1776, he hindered a British invasion of New York from Lake Champlain. The following year, he played a crucial role in bringing about the surrender of British General John Burgoyne's army at Saratoga. Yet, Arnold felt that he never received the recognition he deserved. Okay, Benedict. This isn't cute. No. In 1779, he entered into secret negotiations with the British, agreeing to turn over the U.S. post at West Point in return for money and a command in the British Army. His name has since become synonymous with the word traitor. I, I'm curious to learn more because I feel like becoming a traitor because you don't feel like you're being given enough congratulations is not cute. I'm like, it's not cute. Really? The the fragility of male masculinity is just, it's just too much to bear. It's, it's more precious than thin glass. Mm -hmm. Like, just don't break it. Just don't break I mean, it. The the person that he was reporting to, I think, also like kind of stuck it to him in some ways. So yeah. it was like it wasn't that he was just not like being thanked. Mm-hmm. I think he I mean he also was like overlooked for a lot of things. Mm. But I'm also like maybe they didn't trust you and for good reason, it seems. I mean, self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. So let's talk about Benedict Arnold's early years. Let's He was born in 1741, a descendant of the Rhode Island equivalent of royalty. Okay, and me Me as well. (laughs) That's how people describe me. She's like the Rhode Island equivalent of royalty. (laughs) (laughs) Not Rhode Island royalty. The equivalent. The equivalent of royalty. Not the Virginia equivalent of royalty. The Rhode Island equivalent of royalty. Equivalent. Yes. The first Benedict Arnold, so not the one we're talking about, but a previous Benedict Arnold. (laughs) Senior, senior. senior, yes. Senior, senior. Had been one of the colony's founders and subsequent generations had helped to establish the Arnolds as solid and respected citizens. He's a nepotism baby. Oh, yeah. Like long, long in the making. But Arnold's father, who had settled in Norwich, Connecticut, proved to be a drunkard. Mm, Same. Only after his son, who is the current Benedict Arnold we're talking about, when he moved to New Haven, could our Benedict Arnold begin to free himself from the hardships of his childhood. So his father is a drunk. 
And, you know, it's a tough childhood. Our Benny takes that in stride. And it's only when he goes to New Haven, which this is the only person who has ever felt this, could he feel free of the shackles (laughs) of his life. (laughs) You know where I need to go. I have to go to, we have to. New Haven. If only we make it to New Haven, everything will be different. It'll be different. It'll all be different. Oh, my God. By his mid-30s, rough, Benedict Arnold had had enough success as an apothecary and a seagoing merchant to begin building one of the finest homes in town. Huh. Yeah, he actually, he went and he trained as an apothecary, um, as a pharmacist, and and he actually did quite well for himself once he escaped his father's bottle to New Haven. Sure. I, yeah, I love, I love sort of like a, an herbal, witchy Benedict Arnold. I'm like, okay, lotions and potions, go off, queen. (laughs) I wish we had stuck with this Benedict Arnold. I know. Uh, But it all goes awry. So he remained hypersensitive to any slight, and like many gentlemen of his time, he challenged more than one man to a duel. What else is there to do? You don't have TV? Nothing. You don't have TV. You don't have TV. You got books, but a lot of them are in Latin. You got to shoot people. (laughs) You got to shoot people. You got to, you got to get into arguments. You got to create your own drama. Got to shoot people. In 1767, Arnold, who became a prosperous trader, married Margaret Mansfield. The couple had three children before Margaret's death in 1775. He subsequently, I don't think I put this in here, but he goes on like all of these, um, like he goes to fight in the Revolutionary War. And basically, like, leaves those three kids with his sister. Mm. Like, I think the sister comes to watch them, and her name was Hannah. But we'll talk about it. He meets, like, another person along the way who, Mm. like, changed the course of his life. And I don't know that he ever, like, really... Like, those children, his original three children are kind of never (laughs) spoken of again (laughs) in the notes. And I was like, oh, I wonder if you just, like, bye. Yeah. Because it was weird. I mean, that's a pretty common thing, though, like, when you think of the Founding Fathers, like, we know, we know about the wives to some extent, but, like, never hear about their children, with the exception of John Quincy Adams, obviously, but, like, never hear about the kids. It's just, like, at, like, who gives a shit, you know? Like, who were George Washington's children? Who knows? Name me one. Uh, George? George Jr.? That's a shot in the dark? Yes. Shot in the dark. It's probably a good one. So let's talk about him as a soldier. Obviously, he doesn't spend his life being an apothecary. Is is, is it being an apothecary? Is that the adjective? Or is there another? Or is that the noun? I think apothecary. I think it's a noun. I think it's like a pharmacist. Mm. Like how you would say pharmacist. Okay. Right. If this is incorrect or you're mad and yelling at us, I don't care. It's a valid question. Nope. So let's talk about him as a soldier. When in April 1775, he learned of the skirmishes at Lexington and Concord, he seized a portion of New Haven's gunpowder supply and marched north with a company of volunteers. <laughs> okay. Just robbing from the government. Just, uh, we're taking this and we're going. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, he convinced Dr. Joseph Warren and the Massachusetts Committee of Safety to authorize an expedition to capture Fort Ticonderoga in New York State and its 80 or more cannons. Yes, Ooh, cannons. We're back. We're yes, back to cannons. counting the cannons. 
cannons around. Uh, do you think people... there's a pirate in here somewhere? Mm. I love a cannon. I love a cannon. Along the way to capture this fort, he encountered Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys of Vermont on the same quest. Who are the Green Mountain Boys of Vermont? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What a great band name. <laughs> it's true. After much argument, the two decided to share command. On May 3rd, they were able to capture the fort with little alarm as the commander had few guards patrolling the grounds that night. Arnold's party then proceeded from Fort Ticonderoga to Crown Point and captured it much the same. If that wasn't enough, the men then captured Fort George, also in the Champlain Valley, all by the end of June 1775. As we said... Arnold's wife, Margaret, died that same month. So he's off. He's killing it out when oh, it comes to the fort like, capturing game. He's three for three. Oh, best in, in town. In the span of months. Getting yeah. it done. Yeah. I mean, go off. This is why he feels slighted because I think he did not feel like he got enough claps on the back. I mean. For his I, fort capturing Right. I feel like this is a very impressive feat. And sure. I am interested in what the U.S. did to uh, nourish this obvious acumen for strategy. Oh, yes. I think nothing. I think that was his problem. Gotcha. Although this success was considered a great one, Arnold was, in his opinion forced from command of these new American posts. This did not hinder his ambition. In September of 1775, Arnold participated in the American invasion of Canada per orders of General Washington. Though the attempt at adding a, quote, 14th colony failed with a desperate attack of Quebec, Arnold was considered by most to have served valiantly as a brilliant tactician and hero after being wounded in the leg during battle. For this, he was promoted to Brigadier General. In the summer of 1776, Arnold's skill as a strategist were once again called upon as he was placed in charge of a new American naval fleet in Lake Champlain. So he's moving up a little bit. He's moving up a little bit. He's being recognized. Yeah. But, you know... He doesn't, he doesn't like being slighted. I get it. And like, truly, I'm kind of like, who else has captured three forts? Like. Uh, Yes. Yes. I, I agree. You know. And he has like money. I'm like, how is he not up there with the founding fathers? Like, well, Well, because he's a traitor. Maybe he would have made his way there. He's a traitor. Yeah. Right. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. 
Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So things took a turn. He resigned from the Continental Army in 1777. Wow. I know. Big, big left turn. After Congress promoted five junior officers above him. General George Washington, the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army, urged Arnold to reconsider. So George is like, please don't. You're our best fort capturer. Yeah, you're literally best in the game when it comes to capturing best forts. Best in the game. But I also like, none. this is fair for Arnold. He's like, I mean, this, anybody who's at a job who is getting passed over for promotions five times is going to seek employment elsewhere. This is correct. So I get it. I get, and like, I'm kind of, I get it. to George, I'm like, um, well, if you want me to reconsider, give me a post worthy of my accomplishments, my guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Arnold rejoined the army in time to participate in the defense of central New York from an invading British force under General John Burgoyne in the fall of 1777. In the battles against Burgoyne, Arnold served under General Horatio Gates, an officer whom Arnold came to hold in contempt. Okay. Okay. The plot thickens, Mm -hmm. as they say. The antipathy was mutual and Gates, at one point, relieved Arnold of his command. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it went something like this. Arnold probably said, like, why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. And Gates said, you're not in command. Mm-hmm. And Benedict said, yes, but this is better. Mm-hmm. And Gates said, fuck off. You're mm-hmm. not in command. <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm going to guess it went something like that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the history books on it. I think your finger's on the pulse. I think it's on the pulse. Yeah, because I can't, I can't see our our boy Benedict at this point going through with plans that he like has better ones for. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. And, and being a yes. bit of a squeaky wheel, probably. I I agree. I agree. 
Nonetheless, at the pivotal Battle of Bemis Heights on October 7th, 1777, Arnold defied Gates's authority and took command of a group of American soldiers whom he led in an assault against the British line. So he's still being like, Ooh, fuck that guy. My idea is better. Yeah. This is some insubordination. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Arnold's attack threw the enemy into disarray and contributed greatly to the American victory. Ten days later, Burgoyne surrendered his entire army at Saratoga. News of the surrender convinced France to enter the war on the side of the Americans. Ooh, I bet General Horatio Gates was pissed. Oh, pissed. 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 Because you know what? We don't really remember him. No. We remember Arnold. We remember him as a traitor. To be fair to Horatio Gates, we don't remember Benedict Arnold's military accomplishments. We only remember... No, this is true. ...that he was a traitor. So, however... This is correct. Yeah. Benedict Arnold is taking a very much ask forgiveness, not permission type of vibe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like, this is what needs to be done during war. Yes. Like, he gets it. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm listening. Okay. Mm hmm. He's talking. Once again, Arnold had brought his country a step closer to independence. However, Gate downplayed Arnold's contributions in his official reports and claimed most of the credit for himself. This Ooh, is where I'm like Benny had a point. Girl. Benny had a point. He was just trying to get his due recognition. I and I and he deserves it. He deserves recognition, but I he feel as it. though he does. The route he took, he made an enemy out of like the entire United States, like as though the entire yes. United States was the one sliding him and instead like No, my guy, stay local. Take down Horatio. That's your enemy. Like, get your credit, my guy. Right. Like, come on. This is the time of bribery. Go stand outside that dude's hotel room Mm -hmm. and sketch him Mm -hmm. cheating on his wife with a hooker. Mm -hmm. This is not hard. It's not hard. This is not hard. It's not hard. No. Meanwhile, Arnold seriously wounded the same leg he had injured at Quebec in the battle. Rendered temporarily incapable of a field command, he accepted the position of military governor of Philadelphia in 1778. While there, his loyalties began to change. Dun, dun, dun! Mommy don't know, daddy's getting hot, and the body shop doing something unholy. That's about Benedict Arnold. So let's talk about Peggy Shippen. During his term as governor, rumors, not entirely unfounded, circulated through Philadelphia, accusing Arnold of abusing his position for his personal profit. Questions were also raised about Arnold's courtship and marriage to the young Peggy Shippen, the daughter of a man suspected of loyalist sympathies. Ooh, people do crazy things when they're in love. Hercules taught us that. Hercules taught us that. And he's already angry. Like he's he's already 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 primed. Yeah. He's already pissed and primed to like hear some persuasion arguments from the other side about joining them, having sympathies, loyalist sympathies. Yeah. Yeah. Arnold and his second wife, with whom he would have five children, 
lived a, too many children. It's a lot of kids to tack on to the three he already has. That's eight children. I don't know. Nobody needs that many kids. I mean, it's 1770, what, eight, seven? You just, there's not That's options. True. No, there's not options. So him and his horde lived a lavish lifestyle <laughs> in Philadelphia, accumulating substantial, you guessed it, debt. Always. Always. Oh, yeah. The debt and the resentment Arnold felt over not being promoted faster were motivating factors in his choice to become a turncoat. He concluded that his interests would be better served assisting the British than continuing to suffer for an American army he saw as ungrateful. Again, this is where I feel like your issue isn't with, like, the whole army. Like, it's with these individual people. I'm like, get your revenge, my guy, but do it. Right. Like, nobody's going to be mad at you for going after Horatio. No. Like, he, like you Hor- deserve There's that. probably somebody else. Right. There's probably somebody else who Horatio Gates fucked over who absolutely would have enjoyed getting a letter from Benedict Arnold being like, hey, this dude, huh? What a yeah. motherfucker. Let's take him down. Yeah. But he did not do that. He also got him to himself got himself into a lot of trouble financially and was like, Well, well uh, I need to make some quick cash. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one option before me, and that's to become a turncoat with the British. A turncoat. Yeah. I just feel like he could have had a different option, you know? I feel like he could have had a different option. I also feel like I feel like hindsight is really 2020. Like he could not have foreseen that the United States of America would become what it is today. And that people would would remember him as a traitor. Like he probably thought it wasn't going to last long anyway. Do you know what I mean? He probably thought the Americans weren't going to win. Like the Americans weren't supposed to win this war. No, but even if you thought they could and they should, and you were hopeful, you know, like, the idea of like founding a new country and you know fighting off an empire just sounds so ridiculous that you're like hope it works (laughs) really putting all my eggs in this basket (laughs) fingers crossed yeah yeah look you may we we all have to live with our choices and he made his Uh choice he did so, in 1779, Arnold was appointed commander of the American fort at West Point, New York, not far from here, up the Palisades, past it all the time. By the end of 1779, Arnold had begun secret negotiations with the British to surrender in return for money and a command in the British Army. So he's like, you can take the fort. Take it. Arnold's chief intermediary was British Major John Andre. Andre was captured in September of 1780 while crossing the British and American lines disguised in civilian clothes. Sure. Easy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Papers found on Andre incriminated Arnold in treason. Learning of Andre's capture, Arnold fled to British lines before the Patriots could arrest him. West Point remained in American hands, and Arnold only received a portion of his promised bounty. Of course. Mm. The guy who you were in league with got captured. Mm-hmm. You're lucky you got anything. Andre was hanged as a spy in October of 1780. Damn! Well, yeah. I mean, 
What yeah. else are you going to do? It's also crazy to me that we do not have a, like, stars series on Benedict Arnold. Like, this is... Oh, amazing. Like, a mini-series oh, for on sure. this story. Like, fuck John Adams. No, this is this is way more interesting. Yeah, uh, it's got everything. It's got love. It's got, everything. it's got it's got betrayal. Abandoned children. It's got 1776. It's got the Revolutionary War. Yep. Also, it bears repeating. If you're going to become a traitor against your country, don't put it in writing. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Don't no. just like it's just like the lesson Nixon taught us. It's like you don't have to record everything. Right. No, no. No, no. Arnold soon became one of the most reviled figures in US history. Ironically, his treason became his final service to the American cause. By 1780, Americans had grown frustrated with the slow progress toward independence and their numerous battlefield defeats. However, Word of Arnold's treachery re-energized the Patriots' sagging morale. Yeah, ah. I mean, nothing, oh my god, nothing gets people going uh. like being wronged. If uh. you wrong me, if you cross me, mm. you betray me, Yes, that could keep me yes. going for weeks, months, if not years. Oh my god, yes. So what happened to him? Let's talk about it. After fleeing to the enemy's side, Arnold received a commission with the British Army and served in several minor engagements against the Americans. In one battle, he captured Richmond, Virginia for the British. After the war, which ended in victory for the Americans with the Treaty of Paris in 1783, Arnold resided in England. The British regarded him with ambivalence, while his former countrymen despised him. Benjamin Franklin wrote, quote, Judas sold only one man, Arnold, three millions. True. 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 I mean, imagine yeah. being like, you're worse than Judas, who literally killed Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I'm yeah. to Arnold, I'm like, okay, Ben, calm down. Like... Calm down. Relax. Calm down. If America's whole existence hanged on my traitor, my traitorous yeah. deeds are not really been. Yeah. It's like you won, first of all. So imagine if Judas lost. That's where we're at. After years of suffering from gout and other health conditions, Arnold died in London on June 14th, 1801 at age 60. Following his death, Arnold's memory lived on in the land of his birth, where his name became synonymous with the word traitor. Yeah. It is yeah. It is shocking, though, that he wasn't ever captured or handed over, you know? Like, he no, it's true. just lived out his life in London. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I, I mean, respect the hustle. If you're like, at least he traded well. <laughs> yes. I guess that we did not have extradition treaties in place at the time. True. Well, I mean, also like Britain was still our enemy, even though. Yeah. They, you know. Oh, that's true. They wouldn't be they like, wouldn't, yeah. take him back. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like how it is now where it's like, oh my God, guys, here. Oh my God. Yeah, please. Anything take, you need. Take. Uh-huh. How can we help? Now I want to look up a picture of Benedict Arnold and see if he's hot. Hold on. Ah! 
Oh my it's God. time to find out. Benedict Arnold. Um, huh. I mean, from his portraits, he looks... I'm going to say a soft no. Not hot. Yeah, I think a soft no. Yeah, to me, I mean, the older ones... But even the younger seem, ones, he like looks... he's, he looks weird. <laughs> he looks weird. He looks like like flat faced. Yeah, of course, that could be the artist's lack of dimension. Well, he doesn't have like a really pleasant profile. I really wanted him to be hotter. I did. I know he's got like my kind of pointed nose, um, but also like this double chin thing happening. Of course, that could be that all of the garb. Well, yeah, probably all of guard. Yeah, there's just something like very, I don't know. I don't know. I thought he'd be hotter. Yeah. So disappointing always. Yes. All around disappointing Benedict Arnold. All around disappointing Benedict Arnold. Like if you're going to, if you're going to become a traitor, if you're going to become the most infamous traitor in the United States, hear me now. If you're thinking of doing it, you must be hot. So there you have it, everybody. Okay. That is our episode on the not hot Benedict Arnold. I thought I really, I really wanted to understand, but I just feel like no. it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. But I know you made your bed and now you must lie in it, Benedict. So with that said, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.